is amazing. Give it a lick. Of a stroke of its mane, it turns into a plane, and then it turns back again when you tug on its wing. Ooh, that's Do you think so? Well, I better not show you where the lemonade is made. Sweet lemonade, mm, sweet lemonade, sweet lemonade, yeah, sweet lemonade. You're listening to Books, Beer, and Bullshit. It's the only podcast that's keeping it fucking Jersey. I'm your pork roll, egg, and cheese host, Mr. Frank. And I'm your New Jersey and you host, Mr. Jeff. We are perfect together. We are. Yes, sir. Welcome back. We're stronger than the storm. We are stronger than the storm. What what else we got? We're stronger than all the other podcasts. That's right, man. We drive on the parkway and park on the driveway. (laughs) Yes, and uh, we're the armpit, the armpit of America. Welcome, welcome to the armpit, baby. Welcome to New Jersey. Get down with it. What do we have to look forward to in this episode, sir? Episode 32? Episode 32. Monkeys fly out my anus. That's going to be awesome, dude. Yeah. Because we could take a resin cast of that, man, uh-huh. oh. and sell monkey anuses. Monkey anuses, toys, sex toys that sex smell toys. fucked up. That's awesome. It is awesome. All right, keeping it real this week, right? Keeping it real. Up in the field, we got another fucking interview as promised we're going interview heavy in this third set of 10 we're not good enough on our own no we really we need, are we need to bring others into it yes our our uh reviewing prowess kind of sucky yes so this is really just a cheat we're cheating we're not reviewing books we're just talking to people <laughs> <We're> just, <laughs> so tell us like, what you, yeah you know, what tell, do you think what do you think about i don't want don't everybody knows what i think what do you think yo what do you think what do you think what are you thinking what do you think it's funny that we're talking jersey and we are in Jersey. And we are in Jersey. And we're going to we be talking. talk like that. We're going to be talking about, what, yo, what exit? Yo, what exit? What exit? Yo, what exit? Exit 120. 120, 11, 10. No, 9. You get off at 9? 9. I like to get off at 11. You do get off at 11. I do get off at 11. And 12, <laughs> and 1, Sometimes and 2, and 3. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, re- let's bring it back together. We're, it's, it's a different kind of interview a little bit tonight. Yeah, we're not going with the author. It's this not time. an author. This guy is the the Didn't publisher. Didn't write a thing. Never wrote a damn thing in his life. Not not book wise. No. 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 Maybe a letter. <laughs> maybe an email. He probably wrote an email. Not he a writes book for a blog. Sale. He writes a blog. He does write a blog. What, what's his blog called? Trip through my mind. Trip, dot com. Trip through my mind. Dot so com. Was he the little acid head there? Uh, he might have been back in the sixties. Oh. We'll find out though, because right. we're gonna have the uh, publisher that runs. I, I'm going to ask you something. Ask me a question. I'm going to show you a word on a piece of paper ask, I've written here. Ask me a question. What, how do you pronounce this word I have written in big, big letters? Charon. Charon, right? Yeah. You know what Charon is, right? Yeah. Okay. That's how you say it? Charon? Yes. Yeah. Okay. This guy's I know gonna, I didn't say it right. No. I think you did. All right. This is going to be a little beef. He doesn't know we're going to give him beef about this. All right. right? It's a little, a little back and forth between me and you. We're going right. to jump on him. We're going to get on We're going to get him about it. He calls it. He insists it's Karen or Karen. K-Ron? Yeah. K-Ron Coin. He's, the, the press is Charon Coin Press. All right? That's the name of his press. He's insist, He's going to be insisting as Karen. 
Karen. K-Ron. We'll see. K-Ron. Yeah, I think that's what it is. All right. But this is what it is. This is Jerry Benz from Charon Coin Press. And he's put out the... Jerry Benz? Jerry Benz. Yeah. Not Mercedes Benz. What's another funny Jerry, one? Is he Jerry's kid? He Well, he does have a child. Jerry's kid. Jerry's kid. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. let's get <laughs> Jerry Benz in the heezy. So let's welcome to Books, Beer, and Bullshit Podcast for the first time in his life and ours, Mr. Jerry Benz. Yay! Jerry, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's been fun. I've been waiting to come on the show for quite some time. I'm glad I uh, had a chance to uh, set this up this week. It's fantastic. And uh, we'll let our audience, our constant listeners, know that Jerry's actually speaking to us right now from Argentina. I know. <laughs> Don't Everybody sit down. Put your seatbelt back on. <laughs> Don't jump out of the car. All right? <laughs> but, yes, this is a, a call from Argentina for what that's worth. I don't know. It thank, just seems cool somehow. Thank God for Skype. Thank God for Skype. Yeah. Either that or absolutely. Jerry's going to have one hell of a phone bill when he gets home. So, Jerry, <laughs> the reason we've brought you here today is we, we usually and we've always talked to authors, writers. And though you, you dabble in writing, really you're here because you are a publisher. Yes. You're not publisher sure? with Karen Coin Press. Okay. What was that? With Karen Coin Press. Okay, okay. We have, we have a discussion about that later. But why don't you go on, on ahead and just give us a, a little history of how your uh, press was started. Well, I actually, before I start, is, has there been a new election and is Armand Rose Amelia still the mayor? Oh, he's still the mayor. On the podcast? Oh, he's still the yeah, mayor. Okay. We, we've been trying okay, to like, so then, run them out of the Then I owe, this, I owe this to your mayor. Uh, he's kind of the one who got this started. I started working with him and talking to him about uh, one of his projects he had for State of War. Uh, it's an anthology that has that has 13 tales from each state, so there's 50 books planned. And I came on board with working with him as editor for the relaunch. About the time the first group was closing, uh, we had a few moments, and we're talking, discussing it, and... I wanted to launch my publishing company that's been in the works for three years. So at that point, it was a good opportunity. And due to that one project, we released it out on Karen Coin Press. I see. So you've been you've been looking to become a publisher for a while. And the opportunity to get it started happened when you acquired the State of Horror series, the anthologies that were already put out, as you said, by Armand. And so you, you took that as your, your launching point? Yes, Awesome sauce. And we, <laughs> I've been a fan of a lot of a uh, lot of the authors. I've been working with them and, and talking to them over over the past few years, uh, doing some research. So that uh, when we launched this earlier this year, it was very much there's a planned aspect of it, which is a lot of fun, and a lot of the new surprises are coming in. So it's it's been since April of this year. It's been a, quite a quite a fun trip. What qualifies a person such as yourself to uh, be an editor-publisher? One thing that helps quite a bit is it's never one person. Uh, there's multiple people. You first learn where your strengths are uh, and where your weaknesses are. And the first thing that I did is find people to fill in those weaknesses. So since a personal assessment was actually there was quite a few weaknesses, we have a very, very large growing staff. So we... Jerry, uh, can I interrupt you for a second? Yes. Okay. You just said you have multiple partners and a and a and a, a, str- a growing staff. I what? didn't say partners. What? I said multiple people. Multiple, multiple pe- well, people. Well, hey, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Okay, we're talking about books, right? We are talking about okay. books. Okay, I just wanted we're to... We're ra- talking I, about publishing. I wanted to wrangle it back. Now, yes. I have a dirty mind. Oh, no, no, no. I thought that, that <laughs> discussion was on later on. I thought that was the second half of the interview. Oh, it is. It is. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't want... People get confused around here easily. Yeah, when, when you're growing yeah. staffs, we we got to know about it. <laughs> oh, sorry, Well, my on. partners have been happy, so I'm assuming it's growing well. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is it takes a village to run a publishing house. Actually, it, it does. And it takes a lot, and there's a lot of author inputs that come in with the publishing as well. Uh, we One of the pieces on that, that early on that I wanted to make sure of is that this is the work of the authors. This is something that their hearts and part of them are. And so the project is our mutual projects with them. And there's certain responsibilities as publisher that you have to do. That's where the business side of it, the marketing, the pushing, the making sure that the best possible package is presented. But the authors is very much a part of that as well in the sense of this is something that they are working on. This is something that is their vision and dream. So we want to incorporate them into this process as well, very much so. So so with all your growing staff and, and your uh, team of authors as your uh... – I, I think Jeff once called them a, a harem or something like that, right? A harem, yes. Your underlings. I think he wants minions. Yes, your underlings. So I like harem. That works well. Yeah. A harem of authors. <laughs> so your harem of authors have have put together uh, an anthology series. You're launching, obviously, State of Horror. So can you tell us about the State of Horror anthology? State of Horror is something that, uh, as I said earlier, it was actually originally created by Armand. And there was a, nine books previously released, and they were kind of, they had usually average about six or so stories. On the relaunch, we increased the size of those, so each one will have 13, because that just seems like the cool kind of horror number. Uh, they each contain a story with from Armand's Dying Day, so that's the 13th story. And the other 12 stories are authors that have where the state is actually a part of the story. It is a character. It's the essence of it. Uh, it can be made off of folklore or it can be made off of just anything as long as the state is, is a piece of it. A good example is uh, State of Horror, New Jersey, which was one of the first re-releases. It has a lot of folklore for uh, Jersey Devil. also has a story where it truly does keep a Jersey that uh, I think somebody we know has that one, Frank. Um, Oh, that, that poor girl egg and sleaze, that, that story sucked. You didn't uh, you know like what? that one? I, uh, no, that was terrible. I think as an editor, maybe you should have edited that one out. <laughs> you should have seen what it came to us like. I mean, it was much longer, and we did a lot of cutting. Yeah, I'm I, just I saying. imagine yeah. Mr. Diarrhea of the Mouth uh-huh. over there. <laughs> that is actually... Uh, was, the original title can... was, before it got published, it was Pork Girl, Egg and Sleaze and Big Black Cocks. Yeah. Was it? Oh, you should have left it in there. Yeah, well, it you made took for it out. Very interesting like we, title. You said I don't want any big black. Cocks I, I in my thought book. it was purple egg and rubber vagina. <laughs> but, hey, I thought that was for your Wyoming story. Well, no, I got South Dakota. You just wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess uh, I am involved with the the first two releases in the state of horror, as you said, New Jersey, as well as <laughs> Illinois. Full disclosure. Uh, yes. I was, I was going to ask, does uh, Karen Coin Press, does it publish full-length novels, or is this basically just anthologies? I'm not, I got to be honest, I didn't do much prep work before the show outside of Reed, Porker Leg, and Sleeves, and the State of Horror of New Jersey. But I, I was, haven't got to search into the back catalog. 
Well, there's not a back catalog because those are the first two books that are out. But, yes, we do have others coming up. In fact, we have two authors signed. Uh, one of them just signed uh, this week for a collection of stories, uh, Carl Moore. Uh, we also have author Thomas Long, who has a series. Uh, the first book on it is Cast No Shadow, which is in production. final pieces of production. It should be out mid-year next year. And we have a couple others that we are looking for. So in 2015, there will be approximately three or four full-length novels in addition to the State of Horror anthologies, plus another one that is edited by Margaret Colton that is uh, Pain the Ferryman, which also comes out. Nice. Busy year. Busy year for Karen Coyne. Definitely. <laughs> and while we're talking about Karen Coyne, yes. we're going to question you about the very pronunciation of this word. Yes. Do you get, do you get some... Some grief over this? I don't get grief. Uh, one of the things that we did, we knew the name, we see the name on it, and I probably researched for two days the different pronunciations. And it uh, depends on which, which text it comes from or a translation. It has slightly different accents on it. So we settled with the one we thought that would be easiest to translate. I see. Well, I asked my, my uh, co-host here, Jeff, I held up the word right in front of him, big ball letters. I said, just pronounce this for me. You know what he said, right? He said Charon. Charon. Charon, yeah, yeah. And I said Charon. I always say Charon Coin Press. So we want to clear this up. You're just, what do you like that? It sound a little French to you? Like, Caromp Compress. Caromp. Caromp Compress. Caromp. I want some cheese and some books and some wine. Oh, shit. I got to read another book now. I have to, I got another, I have another serious question for you. Okay. All right. As an editor and publisher. Yes. Do you find it ridiculous that Rolling Stone in this day and age has Bob Dylan on the cover this week? I mean, isn't that guy dead already? No, I don't think so yet, but I think he's probably going to hold the record of being on the cover the most. Seems like every once a year, once every 18 months, he makes the cover. That's what I'm saying. For one reason or another. It's, I know there's a few other old guys out there that could be on the cover. Well, Mick Jagger's been there quite a few times as well. But, like, they got to move on. Like, it's not, the, it's not the 60s anymore, you know? Keep it moving. Keep it moving. You know, I, I don't want to go back and see Armand Rosamilia on the cover of the next Karen Coyne Press book in, like, 2030, you know? Keep it moving. I hope not. Yes, keep it moving. <laughs> Has he been? Has, well, it, it, has Armand oh, been on the cover? On the cover? Yeah. Uh, no, not yet. We've been trying to get that right photo shoot for the sexy photo of him, and we just can't get the lighting right. Dude, that's that's. I mean, but we're working on it. It's a lot of light. That's a lot of light and a lot of horror. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's round it back. <laughs> Bringing it back around to state of horror. You got New Jersey and Illinois out. What's, what's going to be coming out? Well, we have North Carolina, which will... These The next few things I'll talk about will be coming out the January, February. Uh, release Exact release dates are, are kind of fluid right now because we want to make sure that we have enough time for the pre-promotions. Uh, but the next one will be Cedar Horde, North Carolina. Good. Book. Then we have a double volume for Louisiana. Uh, Louisiana was a re-release, but it also had some really great stories that came in, and we had enough stories to choose from as far as overall that were nice and solid to put out a volume one and a volume two. So those will be coming out different weeks throughout January and February. How do you find, how do you find these books are selling? Are they, do they sell well within their states? Are you able to track that? Do you, do you find there's just a broad appeal 
it's i would say that they sell across the board we have sales in in france as you were saying earlier we have sales in france and great britain we have some artists uh, authors that were from great britain uk uh claire riley and dj tyrer they were both from uk so we have some sales in there we have some sales up in canada julie snow and throughout the u.s julie snow julie canada Canadian. That's kind Canadian of Canadian zombie right now. That's here. like ironic, like Alanis Morissette. She's a Canadian too. Yes. Right? Yeah. 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 That'd be like Juan Wetback from Mexico. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like you'd be like saying, Yeah, here's my brother Jose. Here's my <laughs> other brother, Hose B. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be like Jack Gaucho from Argentina. Yeah, so it'd be like, here's my here's my brother Juan. And uh-huh. Here's my brother Two. It'd be like it'd be like Romeo Spaghetti from Italy. <laughs> I have a new book, Romeo Spaghetti. I got to ask you something. <laughs> it's I, I've <laughs> noticed people getting confused about this state of horror. As you yes. just said, you have writers from all over the world, not just the states. Yes. And people are getting confused. They're like, how is there a person from England in the state of horror Illinois book? Do you find that, that people are getting confused at that point also? I I find more that people say, I would love to write one for you, but I've never been to the state. Uh-huh. I've heard that. Uh-huh. Uh, and I know that there's a few people who haven't been to Illinois. Uh, I live by it, and I, I don't go to it as often as I used to a long time ago. And I was surprised by some of the stories that were in it. And uh, DJ's story is Vishnu Springs. So when I saw that, the first thing I had to do was check. <laughs> what does this have to do with Illinois? Because uh, I seen where the story came from. And I learned something new when I did the research because his story was spot on with the, the history and the folklore for this resort that uh, is a bandit resort now from the past 100 years or so. So I've heard this comment made once before. Uh, Google is your friend, but Google Earth is even more your friend. Uh, you can walk through the streets of a city. You can, in the Jersey one, I know somebody who used a lot of research to go down the streets of you know, the boardwalk and a few other terms, learning the terms and te- uh, technologies and, and actually the verbiage used um, for Louisiana, you don't say the words north, south, east, and west when you're talking about New Orleans. It's upriver, downriver, lakeside, riverside. Those are the type of things that make it sound authentic. And these are part of research. Uh-huh. The thing I say to everybody who says I've never been to a state is I've never been in outer space, but yet I read sci-fi all day. Me too. I, I know people are writing, writing books of things that they've never done before. So to say you haven't been in a state really doesn't – it means you haven't looked it up yet. You're calling bullshit. Yeah, I'm calling bullshit. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Yes. Again. I'm here to answer questions tonight, That's so this is awesome. perfect. Because what, what are you going to do for – are you going to be like the state quarters? Like after you're done with all 50 states, you're going to go like, oh, man, we need the state of horror Guam in Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands. I would love to see 50, all 50 books on a table and then go, well, what can we do next? There is one or two special collections that are going to happen throughout the process. Uh, there's certain themes that I would love to see hap- that go through, and we have a few of those planned in the schedule uh, later on as after a few of the books are out. So it's not just going to be the 50 states. Uh, there will be other pieces of it to add to it. There's a bunch of Canadian prom- providences, right? Yes. Yeah, Quebec. Quebec. Quebec, Quebec, French uh, Nova Scotia, yeah, yes, Prince Edward's Island, yes, yeah, there we go. You ever have Prince Edward in the can? <laughs> I let him out. Yeah. I didn't leave him in the can. Uh-huh. Come on. Your refrigerator is running. 
<laughs> you better trip it. <laughs> how about the swimsuit edition? Oh, yeah. State of Horror Swimsuit Edition. Do you see how that doesn't sound like it works out really well? I think it, it sounds I fantastic. I think it sounds great with Ar- Armand and uh-huh. his rapey zombies. <laughs> <laughs> you have, like, like zombie uh, swimsuit models. Kind of anorexic shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is the Books, Beer, and Bullshit interview. Woohoo! Nobody said it was going to be pretty. Nope, it's a train wreck every goddamn time. <laughs> But it's kind of sexy. I'm saying it's. I'm, I'm really kind of liking this here. So I got a question for you about your uh, your novel plans. I noticed yes. uh, no, it's a novel idea. It is a novel idea. Uh, you announced. I saw one announcement for. I and I forget her name, but uh, she's writing a book for you that's really more like fantasy, paranormal romance type of thing. Yes. Uh, we. We're not limiting. We're not limited to horror. Uh, we do speculative fiction. So urban fantasy is one of the realms. Uh, Margaret Colton and will be leading a project for a paranormal romance uh-huh. anthology. Uh-huh. So I personally am not going to be editing those. I'll be working in the background on those uh, because I really don't know a damn thing about romance at all. So. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I don't buy flowers when I should. Don't say the right words. So I, I yeah, probably should I mean, be on the totally on that project. That. Yeah. So we do have a lot. We do have different so, areas on it. And it, one of the things that we did start seeing, especially after the announcements of these upcoming anthologies and, and talking through the conventions, is we are expanding out the pool of authors that are crossing over between the two. I saw a submission coming in for an author that normally does the horror genre, is doing one of the put something in for the paranormal romance one. And I've seen a few that are writing, they're planning on writing or in the process of writing for one of the upcoming state of horror that primarily does more towards the paranormal romance and that genre or urban fantasy. So you're, you're, you're working under the umbrella of speculative fiction. Yes. Gotcha. Is this more of that Bigfoot raped me stuff? <laughs> No, that's monster erotica. <laughs> oh, monster erotica. Yeah, it, that's an imprint, and I, I have to talk to you about that, Frank, because I know you'd be perfect to lead those projects because you've been there, right? No, I, Big, with the I, Bigfoot thing. I, mean, I shun. I shun Bigfoot porn. You don't want to turn me on to it now. I can't stop. I'm Bigfoot porn all day. No, long. the whole point of that conversation we had this conversation about monster porn. I'm like, it's just not necessary. It's so dumb. The general story was like one guy on Kindle wrote like a Loch Ness monster rape story and the thing <laughs> took off. And now like all these idiot authors are like writing monster sex stories. I'm like, what are you people doing? I, it's not necessary. You got kids? Do I have kids? Yeah. Yes, I do. So I have, have three. You have Jerry's kids? Yes, I do. <laughs> okay. I have three of Jerry's kids. <laughs> That's all I had left. You already had you left. He had to get that one out. Oh, we went there. You did go there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. State of confusion is what this interview has become. <laughs> you going to tell us your favorites, you know? Your favorites. Favorite, you know, your favorite stories in the book. Oh. You know? You know it's like yeah. picking your favorite kid. Yeah. 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 We all know. You, you can be politically correct, but, you know. Or it could be unpolitical. You, you know? could be unpolitical. Unpolitic. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you mine. You tell me yours. You, you know what my favorite is? The what? table of contents. That's the part I love most about it. And the, Dude, me uh, too. In the back. How did you, you? It's like you. It's like we have a psychic thing going on here. What? I didn't even hear what story he said. 
The table of contents. It was the, the table best. of contents. It really uh, was. It was laid out beautifully. I skipped that story. <laughs> <laughs> Can't, he's the unflappable Jerry Benz. He is Benz. completely unflappable. Uh-huh. Nothing, nothing yeah. gets under this guy's skin, man. Uh-huh. Here's a yes. good idea. Here's a great question. Let's just say, for instance, someone wanted to actually read one of these books of the state of horror. How would they go about getting one? I am glad you asked. And I am welcome to ask you. They are, ava- they are available through most of the online, or all the online stores, the Amazon, uh, Barnes & Nobles, iTunes. And also in print edition, they are available at retail stores. Uh, the list of those are growing. We have a few now. Uh, over the next two months, we will be reaching out to a lot of others, including in the states that, that were released. And as each book comes out, we will be expanding the distribution. So uh, AMN talks with some of the bookstores in order to start doing tours or at least signings in the areas where the authors are from. Oh, so hopefully awesome. we'll start seeing them on more shelves. Because I wanted to ask, I was going to ask you if I wanted to get a Frank J. Edler autographed copy of the state of New Jersey. How would I go about getting that? But you already answered it because you're going to be here in the state of New Jersey signing state of New Jersey books. That's going to be fucking awesome. That's cool. I'm going to be the first one there with my rotten tomatoes. I don't know what he's talking about, Jerry. I don't know, man. I'm just, uh, I'm just rolling Keep now. going. Just keep going with it, man. We are. We are. We are. We, we're allowing him. But I want to get a stack of state of horrors and sit in, in a Wawa. In the Dude, morning. there you go, yeah. man. And like you give free yeah, coffee. You buy, yeah, you buy a pork roll and cheese. And, and buy this you book, buy, too. You buy me you a coffee. You buy this book. Hey, You fucker. buy me a coffee, I'll sign your book. Yeah, I'll sign your book, fucker. I'll sign your book. You buy this book. I got to live. I got to I gotta live, this? too. How about you go down to the Wawa and you get in your boat? Yeah. If you're from South Jersey, it's boat. Your boat. And then you row home. You row <laughs> you home. You guys got to go buy you this guys. I was going to say, when's the you guys coming in? You guys. You know, it's funny because... We got the North Jersey accent yeah. and the South Jersey accent, yeah. and us Central Jersey people just sound like we got stuffed nosed. We noses. do. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> it's almost like we have like a neutral accent, except like, for our our noses being stuffed. Yeah. The fuck you talking about? I got a New Jersey accent. What the fuck? Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. The cherry. Do you know what a Wawa is? I have no clue. I was hoping to ask. You know, somebody was going to stumble on. And I could figure it out at it's one co- point. It's a convenience store. Yeah. It's a chain. It's like a Seven Eleven. <gasps> yes. But oh, it's like a come cool. and go. Yeah, it's like a come and go. If that if that's what you in need and out. to be, <laughs> it's in and out. It's a come and go. A circle K. Circle K. Yeah. yeah. What's that? The flying J. No, that's a, where you go for your no, gay that's sex. A gay. That's, How many times have you watched the Vita? None. None. But every time somebody I say I'm going to Argentina, somebody starts singing that song. Don't cry for me, Argentina. The truth is, I never left you. All through oh, my wild days, holy cow! My mad existence, <laughs> I kept my promise. Don't keep your distance. <laughs> <laughs> that better make the cut. He, just been, he stood up and everything. <laughs> that was classic. <laughs> oh, Jerry, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think we just shot our load. <laughs> And the staff reduces. So hey, this, there you this, go. This was a damn good interview, Jerry. Well, thanks. It was. I, I had we, a lot of fun. I hope we covered all the points and we sell a book somehow. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> Karen Coin Press. Karen Coin Press. It's up to you how you want to decide is to pronounce that name. But, but spell it correctly. Yes. That's all I ask. Yes. C-H-A-R-O-N. That's the little, for those of you who don't know, that's the little boat guy. He's out boating. He's like a, boat? a little boats up here. Little boats, you know. 
Like uh, Lance Bass or what? Who's the fisherman guy? Vance Coy. I don't know who's the guy. Who's the guy on the on the Country Channel catching sea bass? Oh, Jimmy Houston. Was it Jimmy Houston? I was no, like, no, Duke, that's the other Duke, guy, Duke Harmon. The guy, the guy with the Tennessee hat. Yeah, he's always in the boats fishing and whatnot. Bill Dance. Bill Dance. That's Bill the one. Dance. Bill Dance, the fishing guy. <laughs> I don't know why were we were talking about Bill Dance. <laughs> I'm trying know. to figure out how we got there. Uh, this has been all over the place. <laughs> it's been everywhere. Epic interview. I, Thank you very much for I being on. I can't wait to see what this looks like when it's finished. Oh, you're a friend of ours, Jerry. All uh, right. All right, Jerry. We'll, we'll let you know. We'll let you know when, when you, you call us, we don't call you. Jerry, it's been fucking awesome. Great to talk <laughs> to you. Have a great one, me. guys. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. There he was. The one, the only. Mr. Jerry Benz from Terran Coin Press. He was pretty good. He put up with a lot of our shit. I, I thought it was going to be uh, a little more, little more straight. Let's rag on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he he rolled with it. So that was that was a good interview. I enjoyed it's a good that. interview. And for the torture we put him through, buy a book, buy a state of horror book. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Give it a shot. Hey, <coughs> yes, we have a live studio audience today. We do. Beermeister back? No, no. Totally who's, new virgin to the show. Who's with us? Google Pete. Google Pete, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. You're welcome. He, he's been here the whole time, just, you know, he's been chilling Googling. out. He's, he's been, been Googling. Googling. He's been Googling for us. We wanted that, and we got it. Yeah, uh, Google Pete is a constant listener of the show. He's been sitting in with us this session, and we're going to have him as, just like the beer meister of episodes ago, he's going to sit in with us on the beer tasting. Because it's always good to have a third palate. Third palate. What the hell am I in for here? Yeah, there you are. There you are. Yeah, welcome. You're gonna you're gonna hear yourself on your commute. Yeah, in a, in a week or so. I'm very excited, as you can tell. He is excited. You're excited to taste some beer. We have yes, a du- he is. In honor of the occasion, we have a dual tasting. Double down. First up, we're gonna go with the Lost Abbey. If it's lost, they must have found it because they know it's lost. Let me jump right in here and tell you all about this thing. Please do. Brewed and bottled by the Port Brewing Company, San Marcos, California. It's ale brewed with honey, raisins, and rosemary. The Ten Commandments line of uh, beer. This sounds almost like a, one of them mead bitches without the mead. You know, I don't know, but it's it's high gravity. Oh, yeah? What are we talking? 10.7? 10. 10. 10 on the nose. Ooh. Ooh. Get drunk. Cajun cork. Yes. Cajun. Did you handle it? They've been historically uh, evil. Yes, but you know what can't handle it? That piece of track board stainless steel. Oh, it must be the bottle wrench we're going to use to open up the bottle of Lost Abbey. That's right, the bottle wrench, the official bottle opener. I'm booked for your bullshit. Don't be Greek. Don't be Greek. No, don't pay full price at bottlewrench.com. No, go to bottlewrench.com, put in the code BBBS show. Get, I don't even remember it. 15%, 15% off. <laughs> Ours are free. We don't worry about discounts. 15% off your entire order. Buy them all up. Buy a 20. Holidays are coming. That's right. Stocking stuffers. It's Get an them expe- while it's hot. It's an exponential savings. Who knows? Who knows? You may not have to go out on Black Friday just because you went to BottleWrench.com and picked up all your holiday gifts and got 15% off. Yes. Strictly to the listeners of our show. Tell your friends. Tell your friends about the bottle wrench. You get 15% off. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Tell your Uncle Jaime about it. 
Say, Uncle Jaime, give me a bottle <laughs> right for Hanukkah. For God's sakes, kid, leave me that book alone. I oh, have, Norman, my fucking head is killing me over here. Uh, somebody better get Uncle Jaime to open up that bottle of beer. Let's let uh, Google Pete open this one. Google Pete, take take us thou thine bottle how, wrench. How do I work this bottle wrench? Oh, in this cage here. Uh huh. Go this way. Get the get the loop. Get, get the loop. Get the loop. The loop. It's loop, oh, swoop, and pull, sir. Loop, swoop, and pull. There we go. Uh huh. Man, this microphone really stinks like beer. Well, <laughs> we got it off. And the microphone smells like a beer. Here it comes. Google Pete with the open tonight. Fighting the cork. There it is. Cork fought. Pour him out. And a pour. We've got some nice pour music going while Peter takes a look at his nice pours tonight. Mr. Jeff likes to just slug the damn beer into the glass and create a Seven foot high head. But Google Pete, he knows. Tilt that glass. Let it roll down the, the side. Perfect, the perfect pour. The perfect pour. Which is good, man, because this thing is definitely bubbly. Oh, yes, it is. It needs all the help it can get. Smell it from here. It's looking thick. And it's very heady, even with a perfect pour. It's a very heady beer. Lots of Lots of bubbles coming up from the bottom on this. It's going to take a while for this to to do what it's got to do. All right. Mr. Jeff, we have three glasses of the Lost Abbey. Would you signature sniff this bad boy for us? I don't know precisely what this smells like. Okay. It smells... Is there a rank? It smells kind of producey. Okay. Let me go in. Wow. I can't describe it. There is a lot going on in that sniff. Not sweet. No, I don't get raisins, I don't get rosemary, and I don't get honey. I might pick up some rosemary, but I don't know. It's weird. I'm really down in there, too. Google Pete, what do you got? I, th- I think I got the raisins. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. Maybe it's prunes. Hmm. There's a lot fermenting in this I glass. I think it's going to taste like prune-ish. Prune-y. Yeah. All right. All right, let's do it. Only one way to find out. Let's, let's see what it's all about. Join us now. Throwing back to Lost Abbey. Ten Commandments. Here we go. Oh, this oh. one don't stop. Oh, no. It just hangs in there. Oh, it rolls up. Ooh, pruny. Yeah, it, that's exactly what it tastes like. Bitter Pruno. prunes. It tastes like you've made this in your jail cell and then decide that might be a good idea. Yeah. That is. It's definitely bitter prunes, but ooh, I'm even getting like burning and down my stomach and everything. It's the high grav, man. This is Flemish, huh? Well, this is California. Orcish, British, naturally flavored ale. This is real, real thick for ale. This is more like a. It's closer to a porter or a stout. Porter stout. It is dark as shit. It's it's definitely a stout. Ugh, no, thank you. I'm still not getting any. There's a smokiness. I was I was really looking forward to some real rosemary. (sighs) Not good. Not good. The Lost Abbey. Dude, I went three sips into this. Yeah, and it keeps getting worse. Does it? I'm only two. It's not disgusting, but it is not a good. I, it, the, the smokiness part isn't that bad, but the like the, the pruny, raisiny, or whatever you want to call that part, it's just. Ugh. So 
This is a double. Why don't we move along? Moving right along from this. Moving right along. Let's clean out the glasses and let's reset. Let's uh, interview uh, Texas Pete here. Texas Pete. Google Pete. All right. Welcome to the show, Google Pete. There he is. Google Pete. How, how did you uh, enjoy your first tasting on the book's Beer and Bullshit podcast? That was horrible. That was yeah. absolutely horrible. That's not as bad as it gets. Thanks. We've uh, had worse. Yeah. Much worse. But that was, it was just not good. No, it wasn't. Uh, it, it, like I said, smokiness was okay, but yeah, uh, I can't wait to, for it to come up later. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that part. Sometimes they come out the other way later. No, you know? that's gonna. This be is like, it. This is a. Well, if it's anything like prune juice, it's gonna come out. We're in trouble. Really, really soon. We are in trouble. <laughs> right well, we got another one coming up here. Our second tasting is called Monk's Cafe. This one should be a gem. It's a Flemish sour ale. Look at that sucker. Sour ale. You ever had a sour ale? Yeah, when it's sat out in the sun for a while, it tastes kind of skunky and sour oh good that sounds great i can't wait yeah i i don't know how good that's gonna be uh, i'm thinking this is gonna be the winner of the night it doesn't even well, it's got a cask with a shadow of a monk on it uh-huh uh-huh product of belgium belgium belgium's got some really good shit i wonder if this is a uh, wheat based yeah, well, hopefully the belgian part that brings, typically brings, makes it good i shy away from them oh. i'm a notorious hater of belgians I don't know why you would even put sour on your label when it has beer involved in it. Well, it's the, it's the, the, the hipster thing. Craft beer is all the rage. and If I may. You may. There is a lot of sour ales out there now. Yeah. And is this the trend? Yeah. Normally, it's like in the Lambecks. Okay. Looks like it's becoming a trend along with the cider being all crazy. Hmm. Now cider has to put, you know, sardines mm-hmm. and oh, they got their chamomile own into it. Yep. Yeah, luckily we don't cover that, so we don't have to drink that. Not shit. typically, we might have to do a tour to cider one night. We may. Yeah, we, only five and a half percent alcohol. So uh, it's it's not the it's not the eleven percent. Right, the other one. But that usually helps bring the nastiness out because you're not covering up too much yeah, with the uh, covered up with the extra extra uh, juice it, there. Yeah. As we blend young and old beers to make this mildly sour, sour ale. Mildly? Mildly sour, sour. So is that like extra half sour or, I don't know, light bodied with a lactic sour nose and a bit of sweet and sour in the finish. They put like sweet and sour sauce in it. It's going to be like a chicken nugget beer. (laughs) It's Uh like Chinese uh, Uh Belgian. Like you dip so your chicken nugget in. Guy in Belgium is yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Throwing some Chinese. Like you get that, you get that pint of the sweet and sour sauce, Throw and you just sweet and sour chug sauce it in there and drink cool. it. Mr. Jeff is taking over the. I'll get on the bottle wrench. The right wrenching now. duties. Ooh, this thing bubbled Lit. out. It foamed right up on the pot. Signature sniff. The eyebrows are raising. <laughs> we have. We have twitchy eyebrows. Give me a perfect pour. Give me a perfect pour. Look at uh, that. Oh, nicely done. This this sucker is a bubbling up. Yeah, I need some pouring uh, lessons from here, from Mr. Yeah, Jeff. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. This one is also extremely, extremely heady. Despite perfect pouring. It's because you have a, that glass. I know. I know. It's the shape of my glass. It's shaped like an Albanian hooker. But uh, 
and it lends itself to foaming, as do Albanian hookers. There we go. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Now, this one yeah. is a small bottle. It is a smaller bottle. And the price point was only like $3 or something. Okay, so this is not outrageous. This is not an outrageous right. price. You, you too can go murder your taste buds for a <laughs> yeah, reasonable for a price. Reason, yeah. You know? Okay. <laughs> Check out the Monk's Cafe. The Meisterbrow of sour uh, yes. nails. Yes. Are you ready for another signature sniff? Yes, let's get it. Two signature sniff, the nose in effect tonight. Whoa! Yippity Kayo! <laughs> Was this like tear gas? It's fucking heady. <laughs> when they say it's sour heady, it is sour heady. <laughs> Here I go. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Get a real big one in there. It'll turn the back of your palate. It gave me chills. Dude, I don't even know what to say about oh, that. Oh, this is not going to be good. There's no way this can be good. I could have skipped over the Lost Abbey completely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I could have shaved the saved show 10 bucks from the red. <laughs> Go ahead, just sip it. You can't. You can't, can you? You have to. I can't. I this can't. It's like a warhead. It's a <laughs> <laughs> just, just down it. Just do, do it. And we're gonna just go. If, if, if I'm going first. Okay. Let me, let me go first. You just want a single. I just, I just want a single. Let you. Let me just. Do you it. want the moment? I want the moment. All right. You have your moment. Have. Let me have my moment in the sun. Here it comes. You know. Yeah. You know. You know how when you eat a sour patch kid, uh-huh. and you're waiting for the sweet to hit. Uh-huh. It's like that. But it just doesn't. <laughs> okay. I see you <laughs> puckering it's, on up. It's it's sour. <laughs> this is like medium sour, they say. Yeah. Let's, let's go, Give Google Pete. Give it a try Pete. yourself. <laughs> let's go, Google Pete. I'm scared. Oh, my. Ooh. That's chicken nugget dipping beer. <laughs> Ooh-vah. That's just... <laughs> The actual Sour Patch Kids are in there. Oh, that is sour. It it definitely is sour, man. I really want to dip a chicken nugget in this sucker. You know that feeling you you get in the back of your your chin when you're anticipating drinking something sour? Yeah. I got that going, like, right now. Yeah, yeah. Your tongue just... (laughs) I have to admit, though, I can understand that people would drink this. This isn't like... It isn't like the the it's, Lost Abbey. It's 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 a, interesting. It's interesting. And it's probably an acquired taste. Like if you might you may like this. This may be your thing, not mine, because it doesn't taste like beer. I hear you. I I could see where somebody might actually enjoy. If you like Mike's hard lemonade with beer, yeah, it's like, like lemonade, lemonade without lemonade the sweet. Beer, yeah, you just take like out the sweet. Yeah. It stinks. I would love to know what's what's. Uh, is it the lambic yeast that's souring this out? I do not know. You have to ask Google Pete. Google Pete. Sour beer is a style characterized by an internationally, oh, an intentionally acidic, tart sour taste. It is a category seventeen of the Beer Judge Certification Program style guidelines. Whatever. What the means. fuck is category seventeen? In theory, any style of beer may be soured, but in practice, the most common styles that are soured are Belgian lambics. Gwezes and Flanders Red Ale. 
This one's a red ale. This was a red, wait, huh? Wait, 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 wait. Sour beers are made by allowing wild yeast strains and bacteria into the brew. It's like a, a it's probiotics. A blue, it's the blue cheese of beer. It's probiotics. So it's getting soured by, by bacteria. Wonderful. Yes. It's like tainted beer. It's skunked. It's like forced skunking. Oh, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't take it no more. You done taking it? Yeah, dude. This shit's fucking... It's driving my fucking skull crazy. Well, you know what? I've had four fucking sips, and I want to, like, stab myself in the brain. Me, you, and Google Pete all drank drank this shit, so So you you don't don't have have to. That was some... That was some shitty shit shit. Double S. That was a double S ale. Uh Uh-huh. I got some... Pineapple beer still, if you'd like to cleanse your palate. No, I I'll think I'll skip the skunky pineapple beer. Okay. I have a little monster right now, a little loco moco. Oh, yeah. That'll help you out. Just tasting a, re- a regular beer is... Yeah, I can't even do it. It's just a ruined right experience. Moment. Yeah, it's just beyond now. Palate wrecker. That's what you should call that beer. Palate wrecker. <laughs> palate wrecker. So, dude, what do we got? Bullshitting time, huh? Got anything? Uh no, good. Because I I got I got something for you're you. You're coming to the table. Always with his little clipped articles. This guy. Yes, always. love it. Headline: Two pints equal one half pint. How could this be? Guys who drink beer likelier to conceive, says Docs. Oh, dudes who down at least a pint of beer and a half each day were more than twice as likely to have children through IVF than those who stayed so called sober. That's a little Petri dish, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, I guess it all carries over. So, hey, you're trying to knock up your uh, woman? Uh-huh. Have a pint and a half every day. Have two pints. But they say no, no on the coffee. Coffee bad. Coffee bad, beer, beer good. good. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's why I like to even mine out. Keep your sperm count, you know, level. Uh-huh. And you don't want to go overboard with the count. No, no, no. no. Then you get uh, DSB. What's DSB? Dreaded sperm backup. <laughs> <laughs> How long are you sitting on that one? <laughs> I don't know. I think I heard that one somewhere. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, wait till tonight. <laughs> I'm gonna unload the DSP joke. <laughs> I wish I wish Google Pete over here had a fucking drum so we could have got a rim shot on that one. <laughs> uh oh. Google Pete's got something going on. DSB. Google Pete has Google DSB and he's come up with the male version of PS, uh, PMS. DSB, deadly sperm backup. <laughs> ah, caused by not getting laid. Make men miserable and bitchy like women get when they suffer from PMS. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's a thing, huh? I guess it is. At least an urban dictionary. Dude, I'm not as stupid as people make me out to be. <laughs> so, yeah. Micropenis. Micro you suffer penis. from it? No. Maybe. At what point, at what size does a penis... Define micropenis, Google Pete. Micropenis. Yeah. What length do you have to have? I just came across an article here. You just came across it? Yes. uh, What one man's life with a micropenis reveals about the human condition. Yeah, I don't suffer from micropenis. You don't suffer? Oh, gosh. (laughs) That looks like a carbuncle. Google Pete, how many many micro-inches do you have to be... To uh, be considered to qualify, micro, to qualify. Yeah, yeah. this actually has a medical coding. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I want an opinion. Micro penis is an unusually small penis. A common criterion is a dorsal measured on top, erect penile length of at least two point point five 
standard deviation smaller than the mean human penis size or smaller than about seven centimeters, two and three quarters inches for an adult when compared to the average erection of 12 and a half centimeters, five inches. So the answer is like smaller than... If you're two and seven eighths, you don't have... I know. That's two, what I'm saying. If you're two, two and seven and eighths, three quarters. you have a regular dick. So you don't qualify for... Is that an erect help. qualification? Yes. Oh, my God. So if I have a two and seven eighths inch long penis, I have a normal penis. You don't qualify for Obamacare. Micro penis. <laughs> I have mini penis. You have mini penis. I have mini penis. <laughs> Dude, the funny thing about the micro penis yeah. is... It looks like a pimple. <laughs> I've seen bigger clits. <laughs> looks like... A rhinoceros with a toothache. Micropenis <laughs> occurs in about six tenth of a percent. Of I males. don't care, Google Pete. Hey, Google Pete, is there micro balls? Yes, micro balls. Yeah, do something like that. Micro balls. Find out if micro balls are a thing. Micro balls. Yeah, like you have it's a like a soda pop. <laughs> balls. Like an eleven inch schlong, but <laughs> little fucking marbles on it. It's got eighteen inches. Like a lemon heads. Microballs is an app, not a affliction. <laughs> uh, elephantitis is a thing of the balls, yes, right? Yes, that's so. What wouldn't the uh, micro micro nuts micro testes? Maybe micro we're going testi- about testes. Testicles. A Google book result. There is a whole fan fiction on micro testicles. Fan fiction? Yes, micro testicle fan fiction. This is clearly a book of some sort. We may have found our next book review. <laughs> Oh, this is awesome. This book is called Misconception by Avner Hirschlag. Okay. If you're tired of legal thrillers written by lawyers, read this amazing medical thriller written by Dr. Avner Hirschlag, who not only knows his stuff, but also knows how to write. Combining a little science fiction with a lot of science fact, Hirschlag takes us on a scary journey through the fields of genetics and into the near future. Misconception delves deeply into a subject with no less importance than the mystery of life itself. When Dr. Anya Kim, the first lady's fertility specialist, delivers a grossly deformed baby of undetermined sex, she tries to figure out how the child was conceived. But before is she able to determine the baby's origin, she's diagnosed a pregnancy in diagnoses a pregnancy in Megan, a senator's daughter who has been in a coma for two years. The question of who has impregnated Megan leads to shocking suspicion based on the FBI's DNA fingerprinting results. At the same time, the First Lady's last-ditch attempt to have a child runs amok when the safety of her embryos is threatened. Anya not only has to secure the embryos she created, she must now prove that no one has altered them genetically. Anya herself is desperate to have a child of her own, but her fears of having sex threatens to leave her childless. How far will she go to have a child? Unforeseen complications threaten her reputation, her career, and ultimately her life. Misconception takes the reader on a heart-pounding and mysterious yet intriguing journey examining new reproductive and genetic technologies through Anya's eyes. Along the way, she must grapple with issues of passion and hate, conservative and liberal politics, morality and medicine, and ultimately... Life and death. Was that the whole book right there? That was one hell of a review because there's no others. Re- <laughs> there was no <laughs> other reviews, but that, that was one. a review, not a synopsis. Yes, we we may. There's have a to. character in there with a micro penis. Yes. Does it sound too serious though? 
I don't like serious micro. No wonder penis has fiction. no stars and no reviews. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of serious micro fic- micro penis fiction. <laughs> yes, one of the possible suspects had a micro penis. That's why baby. she didn't know she got knocked up. I have no idea. I lost track <laughs> somewhere in my reading. Uh huh. I, I focused on reading. Yes, and, and not, not comprehending. Not comprehension. I thought you were following along, but obviously I was wrong. Barely. No. We read it, Jeff so you read don't it. have to. Jeff read it, so we don't have to listen. <laughs> I, read the <laughs> I read the synopsis. Synopsis. You know, that's like when... That's going to be a train wreck if you read that. <laughs> that's like when, you know, you're reading the inside cover. Yes. Dust cover. And it wraps around to the it back. It wraps around to the back. Yeah. You just got to keep right. rolling and with then, it. And then when you get to the back and it says continued on page 32. Yeah, At the exactly, bottom of the back man. inside flap of the dust jacket. Dude, you know, that's kind of... I kind of miss that about books. Dust jacket flaps. There's certain things I do miss about yeah real books. Did you take the dust jacket flaps off? Oh, yeah, threw them away immediately. It's threw them. You never kept them. No, I would pull them off, but I kept them. No, I just so when I was they done, just I'd, get wrecked like I'd immediately. Flap them back on, and I was like, I don't know, why even bother? What? Like but you missed that. What? Like you miss being able to take them off and throw them in the garbage? No, because <laughs> I what do I have? I have maybe thirty hardcover books. Yeah, look at this. This just he in. Googled? This just in from uh, Google, Google Pete. Pete. Natalie Portman's dad wrote a book about micropenises or something. <laughs> oh, that's Natalie Portman's father, Abner Hirschlag. <laughs> Who the fucking thought? A Long Island fertility specialist self-published his first novel, Misconception, a self-dubbed reproductive thriller last year. According to the New York Observer, it's... In is currently generating interest from major publishing houses. Oh, this is great. Here we go. <laughs> hey, who wants to bet the first lady in question is a fictionalized Sarah Palin? Old Jews never shut up about Palin. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's not commenting on all your pictures on Facebook. Anyway, the five folks at New York Mag dug up an excerpt, and here's a penis measuring scene in the first paragraph. Here we go. Here's the excerpt. Okay. Now the yardstick. Penis is one and a half inches. Any change? He's a little boy with a weak Y chromosome. His penis and testicles will always be small. <laughs> Thanks for making me feel so good. So special. I wish I'd never met you. <laughs> what will he be like as an adult? Mom's voice sounds shaky, tall and skinny with a micro penis and two micro testicles. He'll, pro- he'll most probably have no sperm, so he'll probably be um, sterile. You think I didn't get it, right? You just told my mother I'll never be able to have children. Oh, and one more thing. These kids are frequently low achievers in school. They sometimes have to attend special classes. Usually they don't make it to college, but they can do menial work. Hey. The fact that there's a medical condition known as micropenis lets me to wonder, is there such thing as micro-vagina? <laughs> Can it be administered in pill form? <laughs> Best review ever! It's great. That was great. Thanks, Google Pete. I think you just pulled the bullshit thing out of your ass. Yes. Saved the whole episode. So, anyway. Yeah. Natalie Portman's dad... Yes. Wrote... Wrote... A micro penis thriller. Yes. Dude, that's worse than like Bigfoot porn. Probably. Natalie Portman. She has micro titties. Micro fried eggs. Quail eggs. Okay. <laughs> fried it's like two fried quail eggs. <laughs> <laughs> well she it, Hoss. 
Princess Leia done disappointed. Princess Leia's mom, no titties. No titties. Nothing, nothing there with two fries. <laughs> <laughs> quail legs. <laughs> There's nothing there. there it's just a quail <laughs> turn, really, what it is. It's a quail turn and the sun sack. Shit off. It's like two titty rolls without the bone. <laughs> There's no stick. <laughs> so, during our micro penis uh, reading. Yes. You had an idea? I, I put out. Right. I said. Constant listeners, what do you want us to bullshit about? We've gotten two replies in the time that it's taken us to discuss micropenises. Have we? Shane Harrington asked us to bullshit about Interstellar. Oh, the movie. <laughs> I guess. It was not specific. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Neither have but I. I could tell you what. I want you to comment on it. You want me to comment yes. on it? Yes. Well, I would like to go see it. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Matthew McConaughey. It's not like uh, 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 Gravity? No, it's more like... Dead Poe Society? No, it's more like... Um, Howard the Duck. No, it's more like... Um, 2001. No, nah, the other movie he was in. The one with the, the Sahara Desert? No, the other one. How to Lose a Guy in 50 First Dates? No, nah, the other one. The Cadillac Lawyer? No, 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 no. The other one? The other one, where he has a tank. Tank Girl? No. <laughs> No, the one with the dragons. The dragon tanks? Yeah. What was that movie called? Yeah. With Pete, the dragon. With Google the dragon Pete. and the tanks. The McConaughey, McConaughey film with the dragons. And and the tank. <coughs> the dragons, Google Pete. Rain of Fire. Rain of Fire. Never it's saw like that It's like Rain either. of Fire, but in space. Uh-huh. You want, you want a question? I'll give you an answer. Yeah. Intergalactic will be like Rain of Fire, but in space. Fantastic. Is but it like me and me and me and me and me and me by Danger Slater? Yeah, you could you could relate to that because like they're trying to find a new home for people, and he's the only one that goes. And, yeah, and it's it's kind of like you know what I would say. It's like uh, what was that Jodie Foster movie where she falls no. into the thing? No, do good. Did you make your penis? Did you penis? Did you make your penis over there in the corner? And you won't see around me with the micro penis. It's small. No, not that movie. The one where she gets dropped in the thing. <laughs> Contact. Contact. It's like Rain of Fire meets Contact. Uh-huh. I'm betting you. Yeah? Mark my words. I will. They've been I haven't marked. seen it, but it's Rain of Fire It's like a Super Contact. Bowl prediction. With Thank movies. you, Seamus McKinley. Sh- Shane McCarrington. Shane Harrington. Shane McCarrington. Shane Harrington. Shane Harrington. Shane Thank you for listening to Books, Beer, and Bullshit. Thank you, Shane. Or at least being a constant watching listener. our Facebook group. Exactly. There you man. go. Check that shit out. Shane. Rain of Fire meets Contact. Meets Contact with Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. And, and, and the fried egg titty chick. And the fried egg titty chick. Additionally, our second request was from Mr. Livius Nedden of the Books Podcast. Oh, this guy again? He's, uh, he's This guy's always with the questions, this guy. Always wants to know shit. What the hell kind of name is Livius? That's what I want to know. It's Romanian. Is he a fucking gypsy? <laughs> hey, Miss uh, Miss Fuck You. <laughs> what? Google Pete. Google Pete's tapping me. What? Macaulay Culkin. Yes, we're getting there. Google Pete is Googling away right now. He's ex- he must have Googled something ahead of us. Mr. Livius Nedden wants us to discuss fake celebrity deaths. Because as Google Pete in his 
Infinite he Wisdom. He was right up there, and, and Macaulay Coughlin is not dead. Although That's we right. Wish, That's or right. Really, Google we don't Pete even was care. earlier excited <laughs> about breaking yeah. news. Breaking news, guys. Breaking news. The Home Alone kid. And as soon as Google Pete said breaking news, I said, Macaulay Coughlin's not dead. And he said, yeah. oh. Okay. So, yeah. But you know who is dead? Abe Vigoda. The guy who directed and wrote and produced Home Alone. Google Pete? He's the same. He did a lot of awesome movies. Yeah. I can't remember his name. Right Michael Wright, Wright, Reitman. No. Ivan Reitman. No. Is Abe Vigoda dead? I don't know. If he isn't, he should be. That would be undead. Dolly Parton dead? John Hughes. John Hughes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking John Hughes. What? He's like 50, 50 something. Yeah. yeah. Dude, Breakfast Two. Club, Yo. 16 Candles. Uh-huh. What else did he do? Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters, no. Yes, he did Ghostbusters. No, he didn't. Yes, he did do Ghostbusters. No. He didn't do Ghostbusters? No. A Ferris Bueller's Day Off, he did. Dutch. Dutch. Without Bundy. Where are we going Uncle with this? Bro. That's a real death. Yes. What can I tell you? Is Dolly Parton dead? No. For God's sakes already with the Dolly Parton and her Mountain Dew. Ooh, what do you call the sweat on Dolly Parton's tits? What? Mountain Dew. <laughs> You're just one of those guys who's got something for everything. <laughs> I do, I do. I wonder what his real name was. Who? Livius. Livius? What's Livius's real what's, name? What's his real name? Yes. Fred. Fred That's a great name. I wouldn't change it to Livius. I like that guy. <laughs> That guy's good, you. That guy's good, yo. He is. Google Pete. Google Google how to fuck to end this episode of Fear and Bullshit. What I think we need to do. What do we need to do? What's sir? coming up? We might we're gonna have something a little different. We might have some gypsies around. We're gonna have the booked podcast. The guys, the guys from, from Book Cod Podcast are gonna come on. So our podcast is gonna interview another podcast. Yes. I we I think promised that's interviews. Good. I interview heavy. I wanna if I can get a milkman in. You know, who's like father children. I think we should do that. That would be great, right? You don't look like your father. You look like the milkman. And then we have like the milkman who has actually fathered half the neighborhood. That would be great. Dude, we should do this. I know. We should work on this. Just crazy. Allow me, allow me to comprehend this idea. Okay. Let me matriculate it. Wrap your head around it. Yes, wrap my micro penis around it. Google Pete, say goodnight. Good night. Sorry, I had to get that off my chesticles. <laughs> Your chesticles. Do you feel better now? Because I do. Yes, I, I feel much better. <laughs> my, my my staff feels like it's growing. Oh, um, he's yeah, he's too inside jokey though. Nobody knows what you're talking am. about. I'm, I'm gonna sorry. have to cut it. Otherwise, we're gonna sound like lunatic.